This is a remote podcast of one dive at a time. So I just saw some really, really interesting information and had a great discussion with Kat Harris from Dan. And over the phone, she was, we were talking about what the statistics are with dive accidents and 40%, 40% are new divers. And I have always felt that we rush too fast through open water and the next week we're taking them into advanced diver in some cases and there's really not that opportunity to gain experience and to gain knowledge before divers are off doing other things that's one of the reasons why I'm very set on and, and it's not just limited to open waters and advanced divers I think the entire system the way we do diving now, I think the entire system sets us up for failure. And I really believe that there are more accidents out there than what we realize. I think there's a lot more accidents out there. They're just not being reported. I know that when I was going through my private pilot certification, and even after I became a private pilot, once I became a certified pilot, you know, there's a, there's a reporting mechanism. In fact, there, there's a tattletale system where you can tell on yourself, it's kind of like a get out of jail free card that you could do. I don't remember what we called those, but I just remember that my instructor had always said, hey, if you violate one of the rules, let them know right away. And I had to put that into practice one day when I was flying into Twin Falls. I was flying a Cessna 172. Twin Falls is known to have uh, some you know, wind gusts and things like that. And as I was on final, Coming into my stall to land, I hit a wind shear. And that wind shear actually pushed me off the runway. Now, nobody got hurt. N damage, you know, there was no damage to, to any kind of property or anything like that. But I immediately filled out one of those cards and submitted. And it's a reporting system like that that really helps us understand why pilots have accidents, right? There's really not that kind of a system. In fact, I think sometimes in diving, we're a little shy, or maybe even it's bravado or ego that keeps us from saying, hey, I screwed up on this. And I think, it's a, I think that's also a disservice to the dive industry, and, and I'll talk about that part probably in another podcast. I, won't, I don't really want to go into details on that one, but where I do want to spend my time is talking about how we tend to rush divers through the process. And it feels like we have to do that. I think dive shops, in order to remain competitive, I know that as an instructor, I get caught up in this because I'll have somebody call me up. It's like, hey man, I saw your website. I'd like to jump in, see if we can get, uh, you know, get me certified. I leave in two weeks for Rotan. Or I leave in a month and a half or I leave next weekend you know, for, for some type of destination. And so you have people that want to come in and rush through their diving experience so that I can certify them and send them off to somewhere else. 
And if I don't meet those demands, oftentimes what happens is that they go somewhere else. Now, I've been very fortunate in with the open water aspect that I'm able to sit down and talk to divers and say, hey, look, you know, if, if you want to go take a $200, $300 course somewhere and be in the water with six people that you've never met before, go right ahead, be my guest, because I don't want to take you on as a diver if you just want to rush this process. If you just want to get certified, then I can give you the name of a couple of different dive shops, two or three instructors, and they're happy to do that. And they're good at it, right? My thing is, I think too often we get divers, well, we get non-divers, we turn them into certified scuba divers, and then we push them out the door. Once they leave Boise, Idaho, and we've done pool time, we got to Lucky Peak, maybe we went out to Windover, I have no idea what kind of conditions that diver is going to go into. And furthermore, I know most likely I haven't trained him for that. I think a lot of divers get into situations where they're not familiar with the equipment, they're not familiar with the conditions, and they're automatically in way over their head when it comes to diving. And what's worse is we do this with advance. And, and I openly admit, when I was contracting with a shop or even when I was working for a shop, the big thing was you push continuing education. You get them into that next class. They finish open water, you get them into advance. They finish advance, you get them into rescue. If one of those classes isn't coming up, we get them into specialties. And I think we need to give people time to dive. One of the things I do quite a bit differently with both my open water and my advanced course is first of all, on my open water course, you get five or, or you get more than, than, than five dives. You get six, seven, eight. In some cases, I've got divers that have done 12 to 15 dives. And like when I was talking with Kat today, man, it as an instructor, it kills your profit margins. The cool thing is, I know that person is a competent diver. Now, by the way, 12 or 15 dives, I've, that's an extreme. I've only had that happen on a few occasions, but I've had divers this last summer that went eight or nine dives. I've had divers where we've gone out and we've done day one of the diving. We knock out one, maybe two dives, and it's like, hey, let's go back to the pool tomorrow because I want you to gain some confidence before we go back out there. I've got divers that even after I've certified them, I bring them back into pool experiences. I'm a big believer in refining techniques in a controlled environment like the pool. It's a, it's a great simulator. You know, we do the same thing with flying or we do the same thing with military operations. We, we go through simulators, right? So why not simulate those conditions where you've got a very controlled environment in a pool where we can maximize buoyancy and we can you know, dial in weight. We don't have to worry about all the other distractions that take place with it. Get a new piece of gear, come back out to the pool. One of the things I do with all of my divers is once they go through an open water course, hey, let's just go diving. I learned that from my diving or from my flight instructor. My flight instructor, Jeff Beers, was so cool. Once I got certified, he's like, hey, anytime you want to go flying, let me let me know. I'll go fly with you. Not that I needed them. I didn't need that. I didn't need them holding my hand. The FAA, an examiner had already said, hey, you're good enough to go fly. 
You can go fly your family around. You can fly, you know, this type of aircraft in these type of conditions. But it was nice having that voice of experience sitting to my right and just giving me some observations. And it was fun. Jeff was fun to fly with. I enjoyed his company. And I like doing the same thing with my divers. And I've learned that after I take divers through open water, I take them through advanced. Hey, let's just go dive. I'm diving anyway. You might as well dive. I'm not out there to teach you. I'm not out there to coach you. If you want some of that, certainly that's available. But I think we're too quick on turning divers loose. And what's worse is that they go through open water. This The standard basically is you do five dives on your open water. And then, well, what do I do next? Well, you, you can take an advanced class. Well, what do I have to do for that? Well, you come out next weekend. We're going to dive Saturday and Sunday. I've got some online training that you can go through. And we're going to go dive. That'll give you five more dives. Then you'll have 10 dives. And we're going to call you an advanced diver. That just doesn't make a lot of sense. I really wish we had something, again, like open water one, open water two, and then move you into advance. I really like for my advanced divers to have at least 10 to 15 dives under their belt before I start handing them things like navigation equipment and a finger reel and lift bags. I like for divers to get a little more experience, but since I can't mandate that, and if I do, because here's what here's here's the scenario I deal with five to eight, maybe even ten times a week. I get an email, I get a phone call, I get a text. Hey Rob, here's your really good instructor. I just finished up my open water with whatever shop. I'd like to take your advanced course. I was I I heard your podcast or I saw you out there online, or somebody recommended, I'd like to take your advanced course. Hey, great. You need to understand that I do my advanced course as a mentorship. Well, I thought I could just knock it out in five dives. Well, if you go with shop X or dive instructor B, yeah, you can do that. But the way I teach is I teach it as a mentorship. And so that's what I, that's what I hold to. Because when we finish, you're not going to do just five dives. You're going to do eight to ten dives. We're going to do some pool work. We're either going to sit in the backyard in the summertime or we're going to pull up a cup of coffee in the wintertime and we're going to talk about the experiences that you've had. We're not going to go out and knock out three dives in a day that are three different types of dives. What we might do, if we do three dives in a day, they may all three be navigation dives. All three might be search and recovery dives. It might be two night dives or low vis during the day and a night dive that night because it's all about gaining that experience. And the problem is, it's not just the industry that's pushing that. It's a gotta have it right now mentality that we have with a lot of divers. I've got people who want to do master scuba diver. They want to knock out 60 dives and they just want to rocket through this program. And then when they look at the checklist I have, which you can find over at scubarob.com, that I have for master scuba diver, they're like, oh my God, that's a lot of work. Yes, it is. Because I want to make you a master scuba diver, not somebody who's got a card. We do rescue diver. I have people freak out that we're going to do a yard sale underwater, that I'm going to be unplugging stuff and I'm going to be taking mask off and I'm going to be 
turning air tanks off and I'm going to be unfastening tanks, I'm going to be pulling fins off, you're going to get basically underwater MMA as we do our pool sessions. That's because someone who is certified as a rescue diver, it's not about going out and being the Coast Guard and rescuing lives. It's about the ability to handle situations that can get out of control very quickly. If you're afraid to have your mask ripped off and your air turned off, what's going to happen when that when that takes place in the real world. It's about building those scenarios. Now, the scenario is not that somebody comes up and turns your air off. You know, people are just diving around. Hey, I, you know, you know, there's Rob. I think I'll go, I think I'll go turn his air off. That's not what the way it happens. It usually happens because there's a few things that lead up to that mistake but then when you get that mistake, you can't go back and fix everything else that happened leading up to it. You have to fix the mistake at that point. So if you're not comfortable having a reg regulator ripped out of your mouth, which by the way, I've had that happen. I've had it happen before I was an instructor. I've had it happen as I was an instructor. I mean, Canyon Lake, which is north of San Antonio, and this was probably around 1990, I don't know, 95, 96 before I became an instructor. I'm out there hanging around. I used to love diving out there because I could go in a pair of my UDT shorts and just a real thin uh, thermal layer on top and a wool hat, sometimes a bandana. And I would go dive. I'm out there on a Saturday morning, got out there before all the open water divers come out in mass. All of a sudden, boom, I get tackled, right? I mean, literally tackled underwater and my regulator is ripped out of my mouth. And it's a diver taking, you know, a, a diver, I don't even know who it is, that's now breathing off my regulator. So I just reached down. At the time, I dove with pony uh, bottles all the time. So I grabbed the reg off my pony, gave the signal, are you okay? And a frantic okay comes back. We go through the whole, are you okay? Yep, I'm okay. Let's go ahead and ascend. We ascend. We get to the top. First words, you're not my instructor. <laughs> no, I'm just a guy out here hanging out, feeding fish today. And then I see another dive group that surfaced, and they're obviously looking for this guy, and they're calling out his name. I ask him what his name is. His name matches to what they're calling him like, and I start waving my arm. Yeah, I'm him. If you're afraid to have a regulator ripped out of your mouth, or a mask ripped off your face. You're not ready to graduate rescue diver. If you can't tow somebody back in when one fin comes off and they're tired, you're not ready to graduate rescue. But yet, again and again and again, the industry demands and our customers demand that we pass them through the course. It's about enjoying the journey. Talk to people all the time. Hey, I'm a diver. Oh, awesome. How long have you been diving? Oh, about 16 years. How many dives do you have? I've got about 25. Guys, that's still a new diver. 
I mean, really, you don't rate somebody as a competent and proficient diver unless they're diving about 20 times a year. But your diver who they get certified and the 10 times that they've been diving is down in the Caribbean and they show up on your dive site at Wendover or Lucky Peak or someplace that's got currents like, you know, I don't know, Cozumel. And yet the industry, a combination of the industry as well as the diver, they have rushed through this. I remember when I was in Hawaii, man, I saw $150 dive lessons all day long. And I was curious. I was like, I, I, I went in and just asked, hey, you know, what, you know, what is, what is the diving, you know, what's the diving like? What do you get for lessons? You know, what, what, what takes place? Oh, well, we take you out here to the ocean and, and we've got a little area we work in and we go through the drills and then it, and it's just, it's, it's this abbreviated course. And pretty soon those people are certified and they're diving and they get into conditions that they can't handle. 40%. I'm going to keep bringing that, that number back with Dan. 40%. When I talked to Kat, one of the areas that we connected on, and I'm hoping to get her on the podcast. You know, I, I love the crew at Dan. Some of the brightest people in diving. And when I talked to uh, when I talked to Kat Harris, it was just like a breath of fresh air because I realized I'm not the only guy doing this. I'm not the only instructor that says, hey, I'm going to do private lessons. And no matter how long it takes you, we're, you know, I'll take the time to get you certified. She said the same thing. She's got a student that's taken her a while to get certified. It's about building divers. And if you're new into diving, or, or not, I guess, don't rush the process. Get away from the checklist. I don't care if you've got 120 different dives. I don't care if you've done a lot of different projects. I don't care if you've read Scuba Confidential, Blue Mind, and all the other stuff that we have you read. Unless you're confident and you're diving, competent, so there's confidence, then there's competent, and then there's competency and confidence. You're really not ready to progress on. It's a journey. Enjoy the journey. There's so many life lessons that come out of diving. And you've heard these on the podcast before. We've talked about the emotional weight belt. We've talked about, you know, just I mean, go back and listen to the podcast. I mean, how we take metaphors of life and relaxation and stress and being a control freak and all these other things. And diving can teach us so much more than how to breathe compressed air and blow bubbles. Slow down, enjoy the process. Divers, we've done, as an industry, we've done a disservice to you by rushing you through courses. We've done a disservice to not only the students, but also the instructors by cheapening the experience. I was working with a dive shop down in, uh, uh, down in Honduras this last year and was talking to the owner. And I was asking him, you know, who, who's your longest instructor that's been with you? Five months. Five months is how long that shop owner had an, had an instructor. And after I just kind of got to talking to the instructors kind of off the side, a couple of them, what it is, it's a grind, right? The young, don't have anything else to do. 
Three years ago, they started out as an open water dive uh, diver. Within a year and a half of, of diving, they're a dive master. Then they work towards their ITC. They're young, got nothing else to do. So they go down and they find out just how grueling it is to be an instructor and how underpaid it is to be an instructor. Why? Dive shop owners running $99 lessons or, 55, or $155 lessons, $300 lessons. And they get burned out not only on teaching, but they get burned out on diving. And we've done that because what has happened is diving has become a commodity activity. There's a few things that you don't try to get a bargain price on. And, and by the way, this is not about me justifying my prices. Use me, don't use me, I don't care. Because I'm gonna make divers and people who want the discounts. There's plenty of other places to go. So I don't care about losing the business. It really does not, I mean, honestly, it doesn't bother me. Because I'm gonna dive with or without you anyway. But as an industry, and us as dive, uh, dive instructors, when we're young, we're willing to go work at a lot cheaper price. Why? Because, well, it's, it's cool to be a dive instructor, right? There's an ego thing that goes along with that. And when you find out that you're making like less than nine bucks an hour to teach people a lifelong sport, you know, there's things that you don't take shortcuts on. If you're getting plastic surgery, you don't go for the cheapest deal. If you're getting a tattoo, you don't bargain with your tattoo artist. And when you're learning life support gear, you need to go find somebody that is passionate about teaching and getting compensated well. Because I guarantee the people who are not getting compensated well, they're running six, eight, 10, 12 divers through on, on, on a session, right? I was out in Hawaii a couple years ago and I couldn't believe that I saw this. An instructor, and I'm not even sure if they were really dive masters or if they were just kind of certified. 16 people in the water, in the ocean, off of Airport Beach in Maui. 16 people. When I took my own daughter out in 2016, she was 15 years old, and this was supposed to be an intro to scuba that was gonna take place also off of Airport Beach. And as the instructor's going around, I'm hearing how many dives people have got. And there was like, there was like seven divers. This is their first experience, including my daughter. And everybody else was like, well, I've got 15 dives, I've got 25 dives. Nobody had over 30 dives except for me. So when he got to me, he asked me, how many do I have? And I'm like, dude, I've, I've got plenty, I've got enough. Well, how many do you have? I'm like, well, I've got my platinum, my SSI platinum card. He's like, well, what's that? I was like, well, that's 5,000 dives. Oh, okay. So he knew I was squared away. And then as we got to talking, helping people gear up, I'm helping my daughter. And he's like, you're a dive master, aren't you? I was like, well, I used to be an instructor. And this was when I wasn't instructing. Well, I used to be an, an instructor. He's like, do you mind taking half the class? No, dude, I'm not insured. I'm not getting paid. I don't know the area. I'll tell you what I'll do. I will manage her, and I pointed up my daughter. Everybody else, they're yours. And Abby and I had a wonderful dive. But that's what you get for $155. Because a lot of those people came back 
that afternoon to get dive certified with him. And they combined with the, with the group that he had earlier that morning before our group. And unfortunately, because of the scale of economy, uh, scale of economy, he has to do that, right? He has to live out of his van. He has to give out equipment that eh, it was questionable, right? I mean, I, I, I turned down two other BCDs before I got Abby the BCD that she needed. And then he's got to take a lot of a lot of people out there. And we've done that to ourselves. We've done it because we're willing to take on students that you know for a lot cheaper price. And we've also done it because we've allowed the students to dictate how long it takes for them to get certified. I get that a lot from my, you know, so when am I going to be certified? When am I going to have this? When am I going to be? Guys, you're certified when you're certified. Enjoy the experience. Because all you're going to do is after you get your advance, you're going to go on to rescue. And after you get your rescue, you're, you're going to want to go on to master. And all you're doing is you're checking it off. And when you walk into a dive shop and you put down that master scuba diver card, they don't care. What they want to see is your diving skills. As a matter of fact, we learned that when Jason, Larissa, Phil, Lori, Brooks, and I went down to Rotan this last year. They didn't care about the cards. And by the way, I didn't show my instructor card. Uh, I showed a, actually I showed my open water diver from 1994. But as he was looking at the other cards, my name was on everybody else's card that was there. So then I was like, yeah, I'm an instructor. They still wanted to do checkouts with us. I'll never forget this. His first, his first words, or one of his first words to us, or one of the first conversations was, well, we're going to have to go out and knock off the dust. And it's like, dude, there is no dust on any of these wetsuits. Matter of fact, some are still drying out. But that's okay. It's his operation, right? We went out with, uh, with David on our first dive. David knew right away that all six of us were scored away. He was worried about the other two divers on our boat because one was like standing on coral and the other one couldn't even spell buoyancy. Although actually, in all fairness, buoyancy is hard to spell at times. But the point being, doesn't matter what's on their card. Oh, and the other two divers, both master scuba divers. 60 dive wonders. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process. We have got to stop rushing people from one certification to the next. 40% of the accidents are new divers. 40%. That includes open water advance. I didn't look at the numbers for rescue. Most rescue courses are a rubber stamp. Come through my rescue course, you're going to have to earn it. And that goes with anyone else that I've taught rescue. John Weirs, you're going to have to, you know, you're, you're going to, if you go through John, you're going to have to work for rescue. I believe Sarah's the same way. Why do I have you tow somebody across the pool a couple of times with only one fin on? Because I've been in that situation. Five years ago, I was towing Brooks 
as we're diving off of it was either Les Davis or it was uh, Redondo Beach. Actually, it was Redondo Beach. And she had a gear issue. We were in surf, or not really surf, we were in current. My fin strap breaks. I'm suddenly towing her, towing in a tired diver with one fin. So a course like Rescue is going to prepare you for those catastrophic events. A course like Advance should be preparing you to be confident on a night dive or a low visibility dive or go out and find somebody's mask when they drop it. Or use a lift bag to move things around for fun or for a purpose. The ability to navigate. We have to stop rushing people through the process. We've got to start encouraging them to enjoy the journey. You get certified when you get certified. Enjoy the journey. All right, that's all I've got for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to my rants. Don't forget, we've got a chili feed coming up on Saturday. A lot of the information I share with you here, you can find over on scubarob.com. Also, Neptune Warrior. By the way, we've got some exciting things that are going to be taking place in Neptune Warrior. Probably going to ask you all for help on. You know that I don't ask for you to share or to like. It'd be kind of nice if you did like the podcast and if you would share the podcast with someone because I believe it does help with others. And I do keep it sponsor free. All right, guys, that's all I've got for this episode. Have a fantastic weekend. Get out there and dive. Even if it's in a pool, get out there and dive. And until then, as long as you've got air, you're all right.